0: And as we approach uh, the latter half, the end of the Coptic uh, New Year, the end of the Coptic year, um, just wanted to remind you the way that the lectionary is set up. It's basically broken up in a Trinitarian way. The first half we speak about the love of God the Father, and then the grace, the second portion is the, the grace and the work of salvation from our, from our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. And then we speak about the gift and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, um, which is the season that we are in right now. By God's grace, I want to talk about uh, the concept of restoring the vineyard. We hear this parable of the vineyard. Before we get into it, I want to quickly explain what this parable means. There are certain elements of the parable that we can go through, and each element has a meaning. So it says there there was a certain man who was a landowner, And this owner, the one who planted the vineyard, he represents God the Father. The vineyard that he planted is who? God's people, which is us. He leased it to vine dressers. Who are these vine dressers? These are are the leaders of the Druze entrusted to care for God's people. And then it says that he sent servants to get the fruit. Who are these servants? The servants are the prophets that God sent to his people. And what do they do to the prophets? And what do they do to the servants? They killed and they beat them and they sent them away. And then it says, well, finally, who did he resolve to send? Was his own son. And this is our Lord Jesus Christ who was sent to humanity. It said that the son was cast out of the vineyard. What does that mean? That our Lord Jesus Christ, he was killed outside of Jerusalem and that he was crucified by foreign soldiers, not by those of his own vineyard. And then in verse 16, it says uh, that he gave the vineyard to others. And then who are these others? The others are the Gentiles who later receive uh, the vineyard and are brought into the church. So these are the different symbolisms of the vineyard and and this parable uh, that we just heard in this gospel reading. So if we were to look for a second and say, well, what is the purpose of a vineyard? Like if somebody was going to begin uh, planting a vineyard, why would you plant or why would you want to grow a vineyard? Obviously, the answer is so that you grow fruit, right? That's the purpose of a vineyard is to grow fruit. So God planted the vineyard with the explanation that and like with this explanation that we just went through, if we are that vineyard, if like like I just said, we are the vineyard. So what is our purpose? Is to grow fruit. Right? So what does that mean? How can we grow fruit? So God, the landowner, he planted a vineyard, and we are that vineyard. So how can we produce fruit? And what is that fruit that we are pr- supposed to produce? Saint. Paul answers this, and it's very famous what he says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. he says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So our goal is to produce the invisible fruit. So God is the landowner, we are the vineyard, right? And our goal is to produce what? this fruit, which is this invisible fruit. So the fruit that we are, are all virtues, are all virtues and gifts of the Holy Spirit. So this is our mission, is to produce this. And if you think about it, the landowner, he's invested into the vineyard because it's his own, he wants, you know, like, like think about if you were to plant something in your own home, you're going to have an investment into it. You're going to care for it because you planted it with your own hands and you want to see the fruit grow in it. So the owner of the land, he wants to see the fruit that is going to come from what he planted. So he's fully invested into that. But sometimes the vineyard doesn't produce the fruit it's supposed to pr- produce. So what happens in that case? So he plants a vineyard and he gives it to other people to care for the vineyard, but it's not producing the fruit. So for us, what happens in us if we are not producing the fruit that we are supposed to produce? This answer comes in the psalm. If we read the psalm that we read today, we ask, we, say, we ask the son to say, "'Return, we beseech you, O God of hosts.'" What do, why are we saying to return? Because the landowner is the one who owns the vineyard. So because you own it and you leased it to others, we're asking you as the owner of this vineyard to come back. We ask you to return. Look down from heaven and visit this vine, which is us, which your right hand has planted. And this is also the aspasmos watos that we say um, during the, the standard time of the year. So when we pray this, what we're saying is, Oh God of hosts, come back. Look at this vineyard that you planted, which is us. Restore it. And we ask the owner to restore it because like I said, he's the one invested into the vineyard. When you own something, You want to you want to care for it, and you want to see the fruit come from it. So, and this is why he's one of the reasons why he sent the son. If you think about it, when you lease something to somebody else, they like for example when you go to lease a car, you know, if you look at the attitude of somebody who leases a car versus somebody who purchases a car, when you purchase a car you care for it a little bit more than when you lease it. Why? Because when you lease it, you know that you're going to return it back, right? Maybe just you worry about the mileage, <laughs> you don't want to go over, or you worry about any like, scratches or anything, because you, can, you know you're going to have to return it to its owner. But when you own the car, you're going to care for it more, because you know it's going to be with you for a longer duration. So. He sent the son. Why why did he end up sending the son? Because the son is the heir. And the son is going to inherit what the father does. He's going to inherit the work that comes from the fruit of the vineyard. So the son is also invested into the vineyard. So he sends the son. Because the son feels the ownership as the father feels the ownership. The son is invested. So the son comes and he is going to restore this vineyard. Well, how is the vineyard restored? If we're asking God to come and restore this vineyard, which is us, how does he restore us? Let's just recap what we're saying real quickly. God, the Father, is the landowner. He plants the vineyard. Who is the vineyard? Us, right? And what is the purpose of the vineyard? To produce what? Fruit. What kind of fruit is it? Is it like uh, actual fruit, (laughs) like physical fruit? Or what are are the fruit that we're called to produce? The fruits of the Holy Spirit, right? So if we're not producing that fruit, who do we call to restore the vineyard? The Son. He comes and He restores the vineyard. Well, how does He restore that vineyard, which is us? If we look at the Gospel of St. John, chapter 15, verse 2, which we read every day in the third hour of the Iqbe'ah. It says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I want to talk a little bit about this pruning. What does it mean that when we say that he prunes, that it may bear more fruit? I want to read what St. Cyril of Alexandria says. He says, God uses the working power of the spirit as a pruning hook, sometimes circumcising in them the pleasures that are always calling us to fleshly lusts and bodily passions. St. Cyril continues, if the branches of the vine suffer any purging, that purging cannot take place, I suppose, without suffering. For it is painful insofar as wood can suffer pain. So what St. Cyril is doing, He's saying, you know, this pruning process, it's it's painful. And what is pruning? Let's just define pruning. Pruning is like cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems. I'm reading from Google, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. So I cut away things so that I can have growth and fruit. Sometimes I have to cut things away. The dead branches, I have to cut things out so that what fruit can grow. And what St. Cyril is saying is that that cutting away is kind of personifying the wood. And he's saying, well, the wood suffers pain when it goes to get pruned. If I have to cut it, it's going to hurt the wood. And this is what he's comparing it to what? Suffering he then sincero continues saying, for our God who loves virtue instructs us by pain and tribulation. But while divine wrath will bring about the complete severance of the barren branches that are consigned to punishment, a less severe judgment, one that is out of consideration and mercy, will purge those who bear fruit, bringing only a little pain while accelerating their fertility and occasioning a greater number of blossoms and springing up. So what he's saying is that this pruning process, yes, it hurts for the short-term. Short-term pain, but it, its goal is to what? Produce fruit. And this is how the sun works in us to produce this invisible fruit. In the epistle of our teacher, St. Paul to the Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 11, he says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it so he said what saint paul is saying the chastening it means that the way god teaches us to grow in virtue to produce this fruit right and why are we talking about this now in this time of the year because now we have the gift and the fellowship of the holy spirit we have, like i said in, in in the earlier on is that now we're in the time period where we need to produce fruit the work of salvation is complete and He's given us His gift of His Holy Spirit. So we have no excuse why we can't produce fruit. The owner of the land wants to come and He says, I want my fruit. I've worked so hard, now I want to actually, you know, eat of this fruit. And this fruit is what? The virtues and the gift that, of, of the Holy Spirit. But when we are not producing, He doesn't just leave us. He chasten us. And it, that chastening... It doesn't seem joyful for the present, like St. Paul is is saying, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those that have been trained by it. And I put this picture up here of uh, what pruning looks like. You know, you you take, like like St. Cyril was saying, you know, it doesn't look pleasant for the branch to be cut off. But the branch goes through that pruning process Knowing that by pruning, I will produce more fruit. This uh, this past spring and summer, my wife and I, what we did with our kids, we planted a garden in our backyard, so that we wanted to uh, uh, teach our kids, you know, uh, that the fruits and vegetables they don't just come from Publix, <laughs> that they come from that you have to grow them. So. We, uh, and I told my wife, I said, you know, because I, I personally don't like doing this kind of stuff. So I told her in the beginning, I said, listen, you can plant it, but, you know, I'm going to have nothing to do with it. You know, long story short, I ended up watering it every day. <laughs> but um, what I want to say is that in the beginning when we planted the garden, there was a lot of hard work there to plant it. And then what it required was consistent watering and consistent looking at the 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 way the branches were growing and the way the fruit was growing and then what happened was through that consistency in caring for that garden we saw some fruit and vegetables start to come up and then when you see that fruit come up what happens It was better than any type of fruit or vegetable that we can buy from the supermarket. Why? Because it was the fruit of your own labor, the fruit of your own hands. And my kids were so excited to go up to the the garden and pick the tomatoes and the fruits and the vegetables. They were so happy to go do that. And this way we got them to even eat healthier because they were eating directly from the garden. But it takes consistency. Some people say, and now I'm going to draw it back to the spiritual things. Some people say, well, how can I grow in virtue? How can I grow in uh, gaining these gifts of the Holy Spirit? It takes consistency. Change doesn't happen over time. If we didn't water that garden every single day, if we didn't care for it, we were not going to see the fruit grow. So, if we're not consistent in our spiritual life, if we're not consistent in our walk with God, how are we going to see the fruit grow? In a similar way with our, you know, if you look at vegetation and fruits and vegetables, if I don't care for the garden consistently, even if I just plant the garden, the fruit's not going to grow unless I care for it. So we need that consistency. And I need to water it and fill it. And what is the water The watering of the garden is what? Filling it with more spirituality. Filling it with more um, acts and works of the Holy Spirit. And that those acts and those works need to stay consistent. This is why the church's methodology is a lot of activity. Because once we stop becoming active, we see the fruit and the leaves start to dry out. But God doesn't leave us. He works and He's constantly working to do what? To restore the vineyard. Okay, so we are that vineyard. And we ask Him to come and to restore us. And the way He restores us is through that chastening. Through sometimes suffering and tribulation. And like look at this picture over here. The branch doesn't like it. The branch doesn't like being cut off. But sometimes we need to cut off things out of our life so that we can see the fruit grow. Cut out sin. Cut out things that separate us from God so that we can produce that fruit so that we can offer it back to Him. This is the whole purpose of the whole story of salvation. From the beginning, God created man and He created us so that what we can have fellowship and offer fruits back to Him. And the fruits that we are offering back to Him, what St. Paul lists, these fruits of the Holy Spirit, these are all things that make us live and enjoy life so, so much more. So for us, we need to work with our Lord Jesus Christ on that garden, on that vineyard that He's planted and water it consistently. Let's summarize what we said this morning. God planted this vineyard, and what is this vineyard, everyone? Us, we are that vineyard. And the purpose is of that vineyard is to, to do what? To produce fruit. The fruits that are, we, we are called to produce are the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When the vineyard doesn't produce the fruit, the landowner does what? He sends his son. And why does he send the son? Because the son is invested into the vineyard just like the father, who, the owner who created the vineyard. Right? Like when you, when you plant something with your own hand, you know, think about your own homes. Nobody's going to care for your home the way that you care for your home. This is how God the Father works with us. Because we are His. He cares for us. And He wants us to see us to work and produce fruit. The vineyard is restored how? Through pruning. And that pruning process is not always the most joyful during the present. But when we go through that pruning process, some of that suffering, that tribulation, like St. Cyril talks about, it produces what? Fruit. And that is cutting away the unnecessary parts. And that may seem difficult for the present, but it is necessary for the fruit to grow. And the cool thing is that once we see the fruit grow, once we, we are develop that consistency, and now I see the fruit begin to grow, I will continue the process. It's like, you know, when, when I, you know, I give you that example, my wife and I and the kids, when we planted the garden, we saw the fruit and the vegetables begin to grow. And you trust the process now. Well, if I water it every day, I'm going to see more fruit and more vegetables grow. So I'm gonna continue doing it because I trust that this process works. If we trust this process, we will continue to see the fruit grow in our old life. And what are these fruit? It is the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I pray that God give us all of the zeal and the determination and consistency in our spiritual life so that we can offer fruits of the Holy Spirit back to uh, God. And glory be to our God forever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God,